in this episode of Northwest Nerd. Got to the point where like I had to pick my job or cosplay. It was like, okay, do I, I have the steady paycheck, you know, and the benefits and all that, and doing what my passion is. And I took that big leap. It was pretty rough the first year or two, but it started to get to the point where I was making a better living off of doing what I loved than working for Microsoft. Choose one, your job or your cosplay, an interview with Anna Mia, cosplayer and more. Hey there, I'm pop culture journalist Dyer Oxley, and this is Northwest Nerd, bringing you the stories that make us nerds, interviews, and more. You may have run into Anamia at Comic-Cons far and wide. You might know her as a cosplayer, but I have to admit, I sort of interviewed her because I have a little bit of a bias. She's a writer. She takes her passions and her fandoms and not only cosplays, but writes about it. She's been featured on Otaku and in Cosplay Central. Recently, she has crafted tales for Dynamite Comics' Betty Page series. In Anamia style, these are not perhaps the Betty Page stories that you might be expecting. Let's find out why in this interview with Northwest cosplayer Anamia. Um, honestly, it was just going to a convention and seeing cosplayers and that was like the birth of everything because I saw cosplayers and saw that they were all my favorite characters and I had to do it and I swear you cosplay one time and it's so addicting and you're going and yeah. you're doing it again and again and it just became this progression. I think I, I hit it at that right time when cosplay really got big back in 2008 yeah. and it just kind of took off and it just evolved into this like snowball of, you know, my photos getting out there and people seeing it and suddenly I'm getting invited to conventions, which is crazy. And it got to the point where like I had to pick my job or cosplay. Seriously? Yeah, because I just, I couldn't take all the time off from work. That's a good place to be. Yeah. Is but it I'm, okay to ask you what, well, yeah. what your former life was then yeah. before cosplay? Uh, so I used to be a tech recruiter for Microsoft. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was it was like, okay, do I, I have the steady paycheck, you know, and the benefits and all that. Right. And then doing what my passion is. And I took that big leap. It was pretty rough the first year or two, but it started to get to the point where I was making a better living off of doing what I loved than working for Microsoft. What were some of those early cosplays back back early Anamia? What were some of the things that you were making back then? So what's funny is a lot of my cosplays from when I was first starting out were very shy characters, very demure. Um, my first one was Narine from Shuffle. It's an anime, one of those animes where it's like six girls in love with one guy and okay. like the guy's a turtle like nerd. Um, and the girl that I picked was like the quiet one, the shy one. And I think that's just because that's who I was at the time. Mm -hmm. And I started doing superheroes. And I think it was Supergirl that like I put on that cosplay and I started feeling more powerful. And the more I wore it, I like gained her Kryptonian powers and I just gained the self-confidence that I didn't have before. So 
Um, I really attribute that to, to cosplay. That's interesting. I've heard variations on this theme before. Do you feel that cosplay, I don't know, either changed your personality or brought out the personality that, that was already there? But do you feel that there was an evolution that cosplay brought you through? Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel that it brought out who I was because I've always been this geek inside and I've always, like, when you get me around my friends and we're in that, like, closed bubble, like, I'm so energetic and I can talk about everything a mile a minute and yeah. then you get me out in front of a crowd back then and it was just, I closed up. Right. But it was something about being in cosplay and not necessarily having to be myself that, like, let me kind of like let myself out really right. and then so I always tell people that want to cosplay it's a great way to like get over shyness even if you start off with a masked cosplay like you just see that difference like right. you look at cos like cosplayers that do Deadpool and I know some people who are completely shy in normal life but you put on they put on that Deadpool outfit and they are like the most energetic crazy person you've ever met it's weird how that is there's there's like Radio Dyer, you know, who everybody knows, the voice comes out, but then uh, Dyer everywhere else is like the corner of the party, silent, yeah. you know, hanging out or whatever. Cosplay is very similar with yes. that too. We're talking a lot about cosplay. Mm -hmm. um, there is another side of you that actually spurred quite a curiosity, a writer. Now you've written before, otaku and so forth, mm -hmm. but you have a series of comic books and you kind of bring me through the or your origin story <laughs> Of the Betty Page comic books. Yeah. Um, so funny enough, like even before cosplay, I was writing. Like I've always had a passion for writing since I was a little kid. I think like I wrote my first short novel when I was like 10. I was super really? into it. And I just kind of... Pause right there. What was the first short novel when you were 10? It was a really cheesy horror like novel a la R.L. Stein, Christopher Pike. Okay. Because I was super into that back in the day. All involved like lockers and notes and Right on. <laughs> so super cheesy, but I it was a passion of mine that kind of went away for a while. Um, and then, you know, cosplay allowed me to be, be creative and eventually that, you know, went into writing about cosplay for a magazine and websites and the more I cosplayed, Dynamite I, asked if I wanted to be on some covers, so I did some covers for them. And I think that they noticed my writing at some point, and they said, hey, would you want to try writing a comic book? And I'm not going to turn that down, even though I had no idea what I was doing. So I literally went on Amazon and bought four books on how to write a comic okay. script, read them, and within a week turned around and handed them a script. Um, they had originally wanted me, they were like, we'll get you a co-writer, don't worry, like, we know you've never done this before. Right. I handed them a script, they were like, oh, okay, well, I don't think you need a co-writer and we're just going to go with this first draft. So Right on. Um, yeah, I incredibly found out that I'm a natural at it and now I'm doing a new series with Betty Page. That's uh, And let's bring, bring us through that because there are some pretty killer titles. In yeah. Start, <laughs> the first one, which I have now, is... It's the Bigfoot, uh, Betty Page and the Bigfoot Bandits. Okay. Um, I'm a Pacific Northwest girl and I right. love cryptids in general, so I had to bring Bigfoot into it. So I've got her chasing down Bigfoot over at Fort Lewis. 
So another Northwest <laughs> connection. Yeah, so I had right to bring on. my my hometown into it. And then um, right now I've got her going after aliens, which is another one of my big things that I'm super into. And yes, I do believe that they exist. Okay. Um, so I've got her. And what what is the title then? Because it's Betty Page and, and it was Alien Agenda and the Alien Agenda. Yes. Love that. So um, really fun story. I I tried to incorporate some of my favorite '80s and '90s movies like. So it's got like hints of Indiana Jones and Goonies and like all these classic movies that I grew up that influenced me. Um, I kind of put touches of it in there. So I am kind of curious. One, well, before that, I just got to give you kudos for working in the cryptids. Like Aliens, Bigfoot, that's like our Northwest bread and butter. Yeah. Um, but I am kind of curious. You were already doing cosplay and Betty Page as a model. Was there anything specifically about Betty Page that, that drew you into the Betty Page world? Because she is a real person, but she is kind of a, a persona and character unto herself right now. What was it about the Betty Page world that drew you in? So at first, it, when I was first doing the covers for them, it was just a matter of like doing pinups. Like I really wanted to try doing pinup. That's a way and she's to, like the pinup. Oh yeah, yeah, she's like the inspiration for like Dita Von Teese and like yeah. all these great um, you know performers. And uh, so it was my attempt at getting into like a little pinup style, and uh, I really enjoyed looking into who she was because she's got such a crazy up and down life, and and she's had so much that she's strived through um, and some hardships in life, and she's just remained such a sweet person. And I just love that about her, that like no matter what she went through, she was just still this vivacious, fun woman that just wanted to have fun, you know, yeah. in life. And I really admired her for that because the 1950s was not a time for women to be doing pinup, you know, it was very prim and proper. And she strove her own path, which is something I kind of want to do. So that kind of brings us back to the cosplay thing of yeah. you becoming more you all these things kind of went through to the recipe of Anamia. Yeah, it really is. It's, and I think that's part of like the, the draw to certain characters mm -hmm. is it's parts of me that I either demonstrate, whether it's, you know, a, a shy character from when I was younger or it's who I really want to be. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I'm not a very tough person. Like I am a very big pushover. I'm like the nicest person, but like being Baroness, I was like, oh, so this is what it's like to be a tough woman, you know, a tough guy. Um, yeah. So it, it kind of gave me this opportunity to bring other aspects of myself out. Now, now I'm not afraid to stand up for myself, you know, and it's kind of like it's it's really brought out parts of me I didn't even know I had. We should note that you are here at this uh, convention, Washington State Summer Con, as Moon Knight right now. <laughs> Specifically, I'm going to totally space on the name, but the Moon Knight with a suit and tie. Mr. Knight. Mr. Knight. Yes. Okay, so, I mean, that's, that's a wonderful metaphor in and of itself, that Moon Knight is a exchange of personas yes, throughout that yes. story why did you choose mr because that that's like his like dominant like his like very um confident if you've ever seen the pictures it's just this very striking confident aspect of himself mm -hmm. and so i really liked that um kind of like play on you see him as like the mild manner guy that can't like ask out a girl and then you see him as this like completely contrasted mr knight and um i just really love that like interplay so is there any projects, cosplays, that uh, writing projects in general, too, that we should be looking for into the future? So one that I've wanted to do is for a really long time is Red Sonia. I did oh, a okay. Uh, that is another 80s cut for yeah, you. Yeah, so I, I did a, um, a photo shoot for that, and that should be coming out soon. But that was one that, like, 
it's a little intimidating. That's a tiny little outfit that she wears. So that was a lot of like me gaining the confidence for that one. So I think that that's like a mile marker cosplay for me where I'm like, okay, I had the confidence to do Red Sonia. You can find Anamia at Anamia Official on social media. That's A-N-I-M-I-A Official. Check out her writing on Otaku and at Cosplay Central. Also, you can find comic books written by Anamia through Dynamite Comics. The Betty Page series taking on Bigfoot and aliens. Chances are she might also be at a comic con around the Northwest selling these as well. So keep an eye out. And all right, I have a random fandom segment for you in this episode. If you listened to the last episode of Northwest Nerd, you probably heard part of a conversation with Andrew from the Comic Dads until a rando from the crowd jumped in on our random fandom. A lot of randoms. And we ended up talking with that guy, but I promised I wouldn't leave Andrew out for too long. So so let's circle back. Andrew has... I think a pretty interesting random fandom, something that he has kept close to his heart over the years. So without any further ado, let's jump into Andrew with the Comic Dads and his random fandom. Random fandom from the 80s and all its greatness, Airwolf. 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 So people will remember... A team, yeah, right. If you can find Similar them, if no one else vein, can help. a little bit, kind of, yeah. Airwolf almost was like that combined with Knight Rider because wasn't the it was like a special helicopter. Yeah, it was a, it was a special helicopter, and it kind of built off the Rob Schneider Blue Steel love for okay. helicopter movies. Like helicopters were big, like Rambo Three yes. destroying the Hind, Red Dawn fighting the Hinds, and all the Russian stuff. So helicopters were big because <laughs> you know it was. All we also this... had Top Gun too, and I feel like they were like, okay, what can we do That's that different. would be cheaper than getting <laughs> fighter jets? Cheaper than an F fourteen. Still be and very Tom maverick. Cruise. Yeah, right. And, and this is what they came up so, with. So Airwolf. Um, was so good because it was basically commercial helicopter pilots, but one of them was an ex-military guy, and they had this super-duper secret. It's it's basically a variation on an Apache, yeah. but it's super armed up and uh, just stealth helicopter that does covert operations that's independent of okay. everything. And <laughs> the reason I remember it so well is my dad was in the Coast Guard, and when the Coast Guard launched their new rescue helicopter, this is the story he always tells us is that you know what they what they nicknamed it was Tupperwolf was what they nicknamed the new Coast Guard rescue helicopter because okay. some people thought it looked like Tupperware and okay. some people thought it looked like Airwolf so they combined it and named it Tupperwolf so that's why Airwolf stuck out so much in my head growing up so it's not so much that you were a fan of the show it's that your dad oh no i love the show okay that i want i never missed the show it's Me so and funny my brothers watched the heck out of it well i used to have a roommate and the most random thing that he liked was airwolf he hunted down the dvds of this show they made it on dvd they got it on a dvd I, well, no, he had to hunt. Oh, he yeah. was so excited when he found this, <laughs> right? In the the house that I lived in with all these roommates, we basically only watched Dave Chappelle. That was basically it. Chappelle show. And Chappelle then, show. And then randomly he'd be like, oh, hold on, you guys got to check this <laughs> out. And he puts this. on Airwolf and we were like, 
Like what? And it was one of those things where it's like, I mean, I can see why someone would like it, but it just never was a fandom that like hit for me. I was kind of like, we should just watch Knight Rider. (laughs) (laughs) And there was one with, it it seemed like they had different variations on a theme when it came to this. You had Airwolf, which is like Knight Rider of the Sky. Then you had Knight Rider on the Road, which was, Uh you know, the Trans Am on the Road, Dave LaHassadoff, probably the most successful of this. And then there was a motorcycle one that I always, as a kid, thought was the coolest but I have no idea what it was called or where it I went. I don't remember a motorcycle. I, like, I right? remember I remember silly 80s shows that, that didn't need to exist. Um, I remember one show called Nasty Boys that used Janet Jackson's Nasty as the theme song, and it was of a course. group of DEA agents, and that only lasted one season <laughs> back when back when the war on drugs was a thing. Yeah. But I don't remember a motorcycle movie like that. Like, it was a television show. It was television show motorcycle. It was like a super motorcycle. I loved it as a kid, but to this day, I have no and idea. And I played what I was Road watching. Rash a lot growing up on yeah. my Genesis, so like motorcycles were my jam. Sega Genesis. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember a game called Skitchen? Yeah, Skitchen was awesome. You were the only person <laughs> that I have met to this day that remembers Skitchen. Skitchen was great. Skitchen was bitchin'. That uh, was right there on the... Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. What do you remember about Skitchen? Because I played it with a friend of mine as a kid. He's probably the only person to this day, if I contacted him, who would know what that game is. I've run this past so many people, and I have got blank faces with I Skitchen. remember the game. I don't remember much about the premise. Like, I, every time I think obscure Genesis games, I always think of Kid Chameleon. And, and But Skitchen was kind of punky alternative, right? Very punky, very alternative. You were rollerbladers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were, so you would grab onto the bumpers of cars. It was Michael J. Fox's from Back to the Future just on rollerblades. Exactly. And you would try to get on cars and race other people by grabbing onto bumpers. Then you would And you could fight each other up. off, too, right? Yeah, you would and you could a, push each other forward. Bad. Yeah, so you could push each other forward. You could go to other cars that were going faster. You could launch yourself off of cars to get further up. And you were basically racing on the freeway. But... You could also pick up chains and pipes yeah. and stuff that were really, really not good examples for children teaching, playing this yeah, video game. Teaching kids to play in traffic on rollerblades is a great While idea. And then each other beat up each pipes. other. Yeah. yeah, and so there would be like a guy with a mohawk and you'd beat them it's off. It's right the up there with Road yeah. Rash. Yeah, Road Rash was the same way. We're right. illegal exactly. racing and I've got a billy club or I can just punch yeah. you or kick you and yeah. But not as bitchin'. But not as bitchin' because stitchin', you know, is bitchin'. I love it. Skitchin'. Skitchin. 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 But you would get stitches yeah. playing Yeah, because you're... Because if you ever did it, you'd be on In the stitches. freeway bobbing between traffic on rollerblades. Because yeah. that seems like a good idea. Though Stitchin sounds like a really great Sega Genesis game, but instead of like rollerblades on the highway, you'd be like a granny knitting stuff. Uh-huh. You know, it basically you'd, you'd be stitching or doing cross stitch, and that would be the game. And if another granny got in your way, you'd take your needle you, and, you and stab poker. her. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. I think we just invented a new classic game. I, I'm with it. Okay, and thank you for that. Andrew from the Comic Dads, if you happen to be listening to this podcast before the next Renton City Retro, Andrew is flying back into town to join his Comic Dad colleagues for some Renton City Retro fun. So if you want to catch some retro video gaming fun, you could also catch those guys doing their usual hijinks. Music in this episode was OK Home by Gable, Northwest Nerds theme music, is by the Hoot Hoots. If you haven't already, check out Northwest Nerds social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Go ahead, hit that like button on your favorite podcast app. If you got some love to show, show it. Until next time, 
This is Northwest Nerd.